Going into 2022 with Justin Wilcox at the helm once again, the Cal Bears kind of remind me of countless rounds of golf that I have played in my life. And if I'm right, it might not be good news for the Bears. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play by play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions, however long it exists, which is why you should like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching this show so you can enjoy this content and this lovely show. Well, you still can, because you never know. And there are some things we know, some things we don't know going into 2022. Starting to get a clearer picture. You know, Washington announced that Michael Penix would be the starting quarterback. Going to talk about that on uh, tomorrow's show at length and what that means for for the Huskies, whether that changes anything and and how I feel about him and such. But uh, today we're doing Cal's football schedule breakdown. And here's what Cal reminds me of. In 2021, they started one and five. They went four and two down the stretch. They only had one or two wins in that span of a team over 500. They finished five and seven. Overall, had a positive vibe at the end and had this feeling of like, okay, well, if we can play like this, play the way we're supposed to, if we just beat Nevada, we would have been bowl eligible. We're capable of being that. And it reminds me a lot of countless, I mean, countless rounds of golf that I have played particularly in high school because I was a mental midget back then. But today it still happens. And it's the round of golf that goes poorly for about 15 holes. And you're just dejected. You just can't, uh, you just want to forget about it. You're three putting, your chipping's been bad. You piped a couple out of bounds. You just, it's not going the way it's supposed to and the way you envision when you hit your first ball in the fairway off uh, the tee with five groups watching because the the course is letting too many people on the tee box at one point in time. Anyway, what happens in that round often is you start to play a little more relaxed, a little more free because you're like, well, nothing's going to happen in this round, so who cares? And then for the last three holes, you figure something out. And those last three holes, maybe you play them at like one or two under par, and you're like, oh, well, I can find that. I know what that feels like. I can find that when I come to the tee box tomorrow. And any of you who are golfers out there, you know damn well that when that round that was so bad ends really well and you think it's going to carry over to the next day, it almost never does. And that's Cal football going into 2022. They started one and five, and I think that's a closer reflection to how they're going to be in 2022 than the four and two end they had to their season last year with Justin Wilcox at the helm, who just got a pretty big extension. He was offered the Oregon job, turned it down, got an extension. Cal seems committed to him, and they have a lot of confidence. Their over-under win total is 5.5, which is exactly what it was in 2021. So the betting markets are not seeing Cal's a dramatically improved nor dramatically worse team than they were a season ago. And I, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I think they're just a touch worse, which I'll get to as we go through the schedule here. Uh, so let's hop right into it. 
Uh, next Saturday, they open at home against UC Davis. That is an FCS Big Sky opponent. You better not lose that one. <laughs> you, you really shouldn't. I don't think they will. I, I think Cal is going to have a good defense again. They always do. The question is about the offense, and I have a lot of questions there. But UC Davis is going to struggle to move the ball against that Cal Bears defensive front uh, that now has Jackson Sermon, who comes over from Washington via the transfer portal, to play for his dad, the Bears defensive coordinator, Peter Sermon. So I think they get that dub, and they start 1-0. I actually think they're going to start 2-0, but it'll be kind of a fool's gold 2-0. Next week, they're at home again, three of their first four at home, which is good. A lot of opportunities to play in front of the home fans, build some confidence, have some momentum and good vibes before their showdown the next week, which is just not going to be a win. I'll get to that in a moment. But week two, September 10th, they play UNLV at home. This, again, should be a win. You've got a talent mismatch here. You're playing a Mountain West opponent. But this is the game that Cal lost last year. They lost at home to Nevada despite having a lead. They let it slip away. They just, it was just a poorly managed game. They didn't execute well. They couldn't score. And they lost to Nevada. UNLV is worse than Nevada. And Cal shouldn't have lost last year. I don't think they'll drop that game at at home again. I think you'll have a lot of players from last year's team who remember the sting of that loss to the Wolfpack in your home stadium. And UNLV with, with Marcus Royo at the helm, I don't even know if he's still there. He has not been winning a lot of football games. That is a downtrodden program. Got to be a win. I think it will be. So I think Cal starts 2-0, which, you know, a lot better than starting 0-2. But I do think it's a little bit of fool's gold. The next week, they go at Notre Dame. Not Notre Dame at home. They go at Notre Dame. Now, how this got on the schedule for Cal or why they want it, I mean, I understand why they want it. There's a lot of money at play there. But from a football competitive standpoint, Notre Dame is not who Cal wants to be playing right now because they're just trying to get over 500 in the Pac-12. I mean, you put Cal in the Big Ten, which has been rumored from time to time that they could go there. Boy, they, they seem a lot like Indiana, where eight wins is a miracle and two to four wins is pretty standard. Um, I, I do not see them going to Notre Dame and pulling this upset. I'm not a huge Jack Plummer fan. I, look, he's fine, serviceable-ish, but he got benched at Purdue last year. That's just not a great guy. Like, It's hard for me to feel excited for Cal and what they have at the quarterback position after having had Chase Garbers for the last few years, who didn't have a great arm, but you know was just a guy who would grind. He was a gamer, could make some throws, uh, was willing to use his legs, put his body on the line. You lose that with Plummer, who is not a mobile guy in an offense that is already limited and has struggled to succeed. Maybe Plummer will prove, will prove me and everybody else wrong, but I'm not high on Cal's offense, even more so than usual, which has been their Achilles heel since Justin Wilcox has been at the helm. They just have not been able to to make things work consistently on that side of the ball. Uh, I am interested to see Jaden Ott, a four-star running back who's coming in. He's really quick. He's very twitchy. Uh, I, I wonder how often he gets carries and whether or not he lines up in the slot at all this year, takes some jet sweeps, maybe even runs a couple of, of routes out there. So I think that's a loss at Notre Dame. Just not going to happen. That's a better team. They fall to two and one. Then they come home the next week against Arizona in a game that really could kind of define Cal's season, right? At least in the early going, because if you're two and one going into a game against an Arizona team that was one and 11, their one win was against Cal in 2021. But, you know, there are also a bunch of players missing from that game for the Bears. If you come home and you win this game against Arizona, 
I think I will change my tune a little bit on the Bears and maybe give them a, another win, maybe two, depending on uh, how the offense looks. Um, but I'm not sleeping on the Arizona Wildcats this year. I've got them going over their win total of two and a half, winning three games, and this is one of them. I, I think they're going to go into Berkeley and get this win. I like Jaden Delora more than I like Jack Plummer. I like Cal's defense better than Arizona's, but I don't hate the Wildcats' defense. They've made some nice additions. And offensively, I think there's a pretty decent case that Arizona's got more explosive players than Cal. You got Jacob Cowling. You got Titaroa McMillan. You got a running back who's come over from Florida State who's a former three-star who had, had a nice little time there in Tallahassee. Like, I don't think that it's really that big of a gap between – I think the Arizona offense is better. I think the Cal defense is better. And at some point, I do believe Jed Fish is going to be able to turn things around, and you're going to have those moments, those wins where you're like, hey, that's not you know huge. It's not life-changing, but it is a nice, solid win, and I think this is one of them. What could be life-changing in a bad way is if you don't drive sober. Let's say you're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks, as we've all done from time to time. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but you say, nah, you live nearby, you can make it home, it's okay. No big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? Even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, lose your job, total your car, kill someone. These things happen every year, unfortunately. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now, every night, looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. We all have phones in our pockets. Just call an Uber. It is not Worth it. Play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. Only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Thanks for making Locked On Pack 12 your first listen of the day. The ultimate college football preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for for the college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may even see me over there. You may. Just saying. Might be there. All right, let's keep rolling with Cal's schedule here, and this is where things uh, start to get a little bit tough. They do have a lot of home games uh, this season. Um, but they have a lot of, it, it's kind of strange with their schedule. And it's always interesting to see how these things play out because there are a lot of parties involved. They go two at home on the road and then at home again. Then they go two on the road, two at home, two on the road, two at home. It's very weird. I don't think I've seen that before where it goes two, 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 two uh, in terms of being home versus on the road. But next week they're at Washington State. I like everything about the Cougars more than the Bears uh, this year. Uh, Washington State's defense better than you think. And in Pullman with Cam Ward back there, I'll, I'll take the Cougs to get that done. Drop the Bears to two and three. Then they go at Colorado. This is a very winnable game. Again, I, I think that Cal's Cal having a successful season, being bowl eligible, are going to depend, depend on whether or not they can beat the teams that that are kind of in their class in terms of being in the bottom third of of teams in the Pac-12 this year, at least in in my view. And that is true no more so in that home game against Arizona and this road game at Colorado. Now, I'm not high on the buffs this year. I think it's going to be a, a, a struggle. I don't know what their quarterback situation looks like. 
uh, in terms of whether it be JT Shrout or Brendan Lewis. Not a big fan of either. They've got a new offensive staff. I think it'll take some time. They, they need to recuperate after getting hit by the transfer portal pretty hard. But I think they're going to be able to get this one done. And, and I'm not going to be surprised if Cal wins this game. This is kind of a toss-up. Uh, I think the home team wins here. Uh, if, if this game were in Berkeley, I, I, I would, I'd take Cal. Um, but I, I don't see them going into Boulder and, and getting a win there. I think Colorado uh, will, will be able to, to scrap that one out. So Cal will be 2-4. and four. Then they come back home against Washington. Now, when I made this pick uh, a couple weeks ago or so when I was doing Washington's schedule breakdown, I said at the time, and I do still feel this way, even after having time to think about it and getting a lot of angry messages from Washington fans, that this game is a toss-up. And I, I really think that because Washington should have the better offense. They've got more talent. Cal's going to have the better defense. I think they've got a little bit more talent on that side of the ball. But Washington historically has been able to reload on defense pretty darn well. But I like Kalen DeBoer as an offensive coordinator, which is what he will be in this game, in addition to being the head coach, more than I like Bill Musgrave, Cal's offensive coordinator, who I think is probably the, the worst one in the conference. But this game is at home. I, if, th- if this game were in Seattle, I'd take Washington, no matter what the quarterback situation is. But here's the other thing that, that factors into why I, I will stick with the Cal Bears, even though I said when I was doing Washington's schedule, like, I really feel like this is a coin flip. It can go either way. So I flipped a coin and it came on Cal. I'm going to stick with that because it's in Berkeley. But I will say that is one of the games that I feel least confident about because I feel okay about Washington's offense and good about Cal's defense, but Washington's defense, again, should be solid, but Cal's offense, I don't know. So it's like, there's just a lot of, it's hard. I I, I just can't come to a conclusion on that one. I don't know why. Um, if this were in Seattle and you had the Husky fans there screaming at Cal, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking Washington, but this is in Berkeley, not a great home field environment, but not being in Seattle is advantage Cal, and so I'll, I'll take the Bears there at home. They win uh, and go to three and four. The other thing with this game that that throws me for a loop, especially now that Michael Penix has been named the starter for Washington, it's in week eight. Is Michael Penix going to be playing in that game? Because according to this Washington staff, naming him the starter, he's the guy who gives them the best chance to win. But is he going to be playing in this game? History would suggest that's a 50-50 proposition at best. Because he has struggled to stay healthy. Not rooting for the guy to get hurt. Just looking at reality here. If this were in week four, and I could, you know, more confidently say that Penix is going to be available, yeah, I might lean Washington. But I don't know if Penix is going to be there. So then are you going to have Dylan Morris, who right now appears to be number two on the depth chart, and uh, another guy at the quarterback position in the Pac-12 who I'm not super crazy about, and I don't think Washington fans are either. Like, is he going to be the starter in that game? Because if so... An advantage that you can easily gain over Cal this year is having the better quarterback because they've got Jack Plummer, who's, you know, all right, okay. But that is taken away. Like, I'd take Penix over Plummer, but between Plummer and Morris, I don't know, may, maybe Dylan Moore? Like, I don't know. I, I could make an argument for either one, but I'd prefer to not have uh, those be my only two options there at the quarterback position. So... I, I just don't know if Penix is going to be able to stay healthy. He hasn't, unfortunately. He's gotten hurt every year he's played college football. And by week eight, if he's playing in that game, I'll feel better about Washington. And, you know, depending on how the season's going, might even make a change in my pick if I've got sufficiently new information. But right now, 
it, it's just at this point in time, I'll, I'll, I'll take Cal there uh, to, to get the dub. Next week, they play Oregon. I think Dan Lanning has an opportunity in that game to show his his chops as a defensive coordinator, assuming he calls the plays as opposed to Tosh Lupoy, uh, Ducks defensive coordinator, whose last time in college after being in the NFL for a few years was Alabama. Um, but I think Oregon fans are wanting Lanning to call the plays as they should. That's what he was really good at while he was at Georgia. It was not Kirby calling the plays. Kirby, smart, of course, had input, but Lanning was a guy calling the plays for, for that really good defense. I think he could show some defensive chops here and come out and, and hold Cal to seven or 10 points. I, I think that is uh, a very realistic possibility. Now that's if Lanning is able to succeed as a head coach as he did as a coordinator, right? Which we don't know because we haven't seen him coach a game yet. But I also think top to bottom, look at the recruiting last few years, Oregon's just got more talent on, on their roster in a big, big way. And I, I think the Ducks are going to be able to get that done, drop Cal to three and five. Next week, November 5th at USC, same thing. Uh, There's too much of a talent gap. Even though USC's roster is not as complete and well-rounded as an Oregon or a Utah, what you have is just too much offensive firepower for even Cal's talented and and consistent defense to be able to keep up with. I just don't think the offense will score enough points, right? If the Cal defense plays well in this game, they will hold USC to 24 points. That would be a good game from the Cal Bears defense, given the weapons that Lincoln Riley has at his disposal there. I don't know how many times Cal's going to score 17 or 24 points this year, or more than 24 points. I just, I don't see it. It's, it's in LA at the Coliseum. I, I'm not, I'm not going to pick that as an upset there. Um, I do think it could be closer than you think, but overall, no way I'm picking Cal in that game. I think that's USC all the way. This game against Oregon State on November 12th. Oregon State fans will tell you, and I'll be talking with Carter Baines tomorrow. Might ask him about it. But he's talked about it here on, on the show before. He's a writer and editor at beaverbliss.com. Covers the Beavs extensively, if you don't know. He's awesome. We love having him. He's mentioned that year in and year out, Oregon State seems to have a letdown game each year. I think this is their letdown game. In Corvallis, against Cal... A team that, that got them last year, they they were better than that. Oregon State had a better season than Cal, but the Bears were able to get the better of them. I think Cal's going to go in and do it again. They're just going to find a way. I think they're just going to find a way in that game. I think that's going to be kind of the, the upset win that Cal has, which, you know, bad teams in a conference typically have a win or two in a season that you don't expect, that you look at and go, how did that happen, right? Colorado last year was 4-8. and eight. Oregon State in the regular season was 7-5. and five. Oregon State would have been 8-4 and four if they'd been able to beat Colorado, but the Buffs pulled an upset, and Cal pulled an upset. And it's, it happens every year. So if you're going to go through all these schedules, as I've been doing, and be realistic and have a chance to, you know, actually have these predictions come close to being true. You got to pick some upsets here and there. And I think Oregon State could be ripe for one right there. Um, I think the front seven gets it done. That's an area where, you know, Oregon State's offensive line is really good. But that front seven for Cal should be solid again this year. And I think they're going to go out in Corvallis, get it done and move to four and six. But I think that's their last win of the year. They come back home for the final two games, and, and unfortunately, I think you know they'll, they'll still have a chance to be bowl eligible at, at that time if they could win these last two games. 
Um, I won't be shocked if they beat Stanford, but I do think the Cardinal are going to go in with revenge on their minds in a big way. I mean, Cal last year went into Palo Alto and just absolutely ran them off the field. It was, I think, 41 to 11 or something like I mean, when does Cal put up 41 points? I don't see that happening again. I think those Stanford guys are, are going to be remembering that in a big way. Uh, the guys who were on the team last year, they've brought in some decent talent. David Bailey, preseason uh, freshman All-American, their top recruit in the class of 2022, uh, the Cardinal, that is. You got Caillou Blue Kelly on the back end. Uh, the defense got a couple pieces. I don't think they're complete, you know, the way that Stanford teams used to be, but I think they've got enough to go in there and, and enact revenge against Stanford. It's just one of those things in sports. Right. You unexpectedly lose on your home field. And then next year you go and you get a win on your rivals home field. Um, So I think they win the big game. The Cardinal do drop California seven. And I think that'll take the wind out of their sails a little, you know, because they'll if, if, if I'm right about all these games, which, you know, probably not. But let's say they are. If they're fighting for bowl eligibility and then they lose to Stanford, I think that deflates the team pretty hard. And, you know, you're looking at best case scenario, five and seven. You come home again next week against UCLA and the Bruins, I think, are going to be way more motivated to step onto that field and and win a football game. UCLA's got a better roster, better offense. They've made some great transfer portal additions. And I, I think the Bruins could be rolling at that point in time. I think they go into Palo Alto and win pretty easily. Cal gave them a good fight a, a year ago. And, and they could for a little, but ultimately, I just don't think they're going to have the, the offensive explosiveness, which is always the question with Cal, to keep up with, with UCLA. So that drops Cal, my 2022 prediction. The last of the Pac-12 teams here to 4-8, and 2-7 and seven in Pac-12 play with wins uh, against Oregon State and, uh, and Washington, and then a couple non-conference wins against UC Davis and UNLV. Um I, I, I just, it, it's the same question with Cal. It's the same question year in and year out. And it's, can the offense be better? Because the defense is good enough to win at a high level, but the offense hasn't been there. They didn't make a change at offensive coordinator. I think you could argue they downgraded at quarterback because you lose the mobility and kind of gamer factor that I think Chase Garbers had that um, I, I don't foresee Jack Plummer being able to possess in, in the same way. Um, you know, arm talent wise, I think plumbers maybe a little bit better than Garbers. So maybe that'll help to create some explosive plays, but not loving the bears this year. And as I said, at the start of the show, they're the round of golf that for 15, 16 holes is bad. You finish it on a high note in the last couple, you think that's going to carry over, but there are underlying issues that plagued you for those first 15 holes that you have to fix first before you can play 18 holes of good golf. I don't think this is the year the Bears are able to put it together. I appreciate everyone listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.